There will be spoilers ahead. Lots of spoilers, so be careful, won't you? Exterior shot. The parking lot of a Bob's Big Boy in Sheboygan. Two men, Mike, Max, stand over the bloody body of a dead pony. The pony has clearly been shot multiple times, then run over with a monster truck, which is parked nearby. The name, the Cranky Yankee, is clearly visible painted on the side of the truck. Close up of Mike, with a stick of Pocky hanging out of the corner of his mouth, and wearing neon green Happy New Year 2004 sunglasses. Mike, why man, what did this really accomplish? Quick cut to close up of Max, wearing evil clown makeup and a carnation sticking out of his nose. Max, what didn't it accomplish, Mike? Ask yourself that. Pull back as Max skips backward to the monster truck while Mike somberly begins covering the body of the pony with mayonnaise. Pull further back for a crane shot revealing the crashed alien spaceships around them, each emitting different calliope music. So, what do you think? How much do you love it? Genius, right? Talk about life-imitating art, huh? <laughs> Hello? If you added Anyone? <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> so anyway, this movie, <laughs> this week's film is 2012's Seven Psychopaths. And this was recommended by Ned the Cheese Boy and by Regan McStravick. So this is entirely their fault. And they're the ones to whom you should address your envelopes full of strawberry jello. I'm just saying. But here we've got a movie that's kind of about movies. And psychopathology. Sure. And who am I? Why, I'm your host, Brooksismic Max Levine, and over there, in a very fetching straitjacket, is Mike Dementia Praycox is making a comeback loose. Channel the gods of madness for us, Mike! You are going to give me the key when the show's over. You promised to give me the key when the show's over. I don't remember saying any such thing, but... Key! <laughs> For those of you paying attention at home, bruxism is a mental condition where a person compulsively grinds or gnashes their teeth. And dementia praecox is an old term for schizophrenia. Oh. Max Mike movies. Now you know. You know what never occurred to me is that we could in fact have used the title 3M if it hadn't been taken already. True. Yeah, but nobody really knows them. They're just some fly-by-night little company. You know what, what it stands for? Scotch tape. Oh, yes, I do. Minnesota so, Mining something. And Manufacturing company. Manufacturing. I can always yeah. forget that third M. Yeah. They're better mm. off with 3M. So are we! Yeah. <laughs> yes. But before we get into this, we get into that. And what's that? It's our poll question. Poll question. Last week, we asked you, what is your favorite vampire movie of any era? And you had thoughts. Oh, boy, did they. <laughs> Seth Jacobs wrote in with Jack Palance as Dracula. Now, I didn't believe that initially. <laughs> it, oh, no, I knew it was true, but really? Yeah, it was a 1974 made-for-TV movie. Wow. Renfield, you are my number one <laughs> a guy. I'm going to suck <sighs> your blood. <laughs> Brilliant. Flawless impersonation. Flawless impression. It's, it's uncanny. Like he was here in the studio, only not <laughs> dead. No, he's not. <laughs> Jessica Miller says, I hate to be that cliche, but interview with a vampire. It's a soft mm. spot from my childhood. You saw this in your childhood? This isn't a kid's movie. That explains it's, a lot. <clears throat> yeah. However, Chrissy Becker-Krenitsky 
chimes in with, uh, she agrees with Jessica, saying that also she loved the new series. The series mm. is pretty, yeah, oh, these were biggies. I, the series is almost not Interview with a Vampire. It's very and different. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying Interview mm. with a Bad Vampire is in any way a bad thing. It's just no. so removed. Mm, very that, different. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting, but anyway. From Dave. Dave. We have the only ones I can think of that got repeat views are Lost Boys and Nosferatu. There's a pairing. Mm. There's a double feature for you. Actually, that might be a pretty good double fee. Anyway, I think Nosferatu holds up better. There were a few scenes in Dracula, Dead, and Loving It that I enjoyed. <laughs> I remember a meal where Renfield is trying to eat a fly, but really the best thing about the movie was that I saw it at UCLA, and Mel Brooks came and gave a lecture afterwards. Yeah, Ooh. that would do it. I wouldn't care what the movie was, even if it Seriously. was, oh, I don't know, Ilsa, She-Wolf of the SS. <laughs> <laughs> now starring well, Mel Brooks. <laughs> well, hey, Mel Brooks could have saved that movie. Um, yes, he could. Brian Mundo says, oh, God. The one with the sparkly vampires. Yes, <laughs> Several exclamation points. It's my favorite because I got an amazing two-hour nap during it. <laughs> that action movie would make a good sleep aid, really. I'm surprised he could sleep through all the squee. <laughs> <laughs> Because when I went and saw the second one, there was Squee. Oh, my God, was there Squee. There was was Silence, Silence. Jacob takes his shirt off. Squee! And that was from the guys. Um, (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) it's an exciting moment. Mike Dance says, What We Do in the Shadows, the original movie. Ah, see our episode on What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. Leave me to do my dark bidding. What are you bidding on? I'm bidding on the table. <laughs> Daniel Howe's The Hunger was awesome. Ooh. I also love the Underworld series, if that counts. But sure. more because of the Lycans. Why wouldn't it count? They're movies. Yeah, they got vampires in them. It has yep. one of our old friends, uh, Bill Nighy, in it, who's yes, uh, awesome. He is. And we have Kate Beckinsdale, who... Really wears sale. that jump Beckinsale, who really wears that jumpsuit well. Max. Mm-hmm. Oh well, I suppose if I can drool over Jacob wear pants, you can. <laughs> <laughs> what's his uh, fang? Yep, Tyler Taylor. What's his fang? Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Stewart says I'm torn between Near Dark and Coppola's Dracula. Really, they are very, very different movies. No kidding. Making yes, direct comparisons difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Tyler. I do not agree about Coppola's Dracula. Yeah, yeah. yeah, not film like. See our episode on Dracula in general. Yeah, not that one. Matt Matt Reisman said, "I really like the original Blade movie." Yeah, Hmm. did it steal the aesthetic wholesale from Vampire the Masquerade? Yes. Is that why it works? Also, yes. I am Legend is an interesting subversion of the genre, though. That's funny. I never thought of the creatures in I Am Legend as vampires. I thought they were more sort of zombies, but vampire works. Tim Potter. Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter! <laughs> says, we just watched two really, really, really bad ones. Oh boy, three reallys. This is not good. Nope. Vampire Boys and Vampire Boys 2. Come on, if the first one was bad, why did you watch the sequel? I don't know. I'd never heard of it. These were like, I got a new video camera. Let's make a movie quality. <laughs> Okay. So so I would have to say my favorite was Lost Boys. It was ah. fun, campy, and a nice twist. Vampire movies just tend to be so cliche. I mean, why do they need to hiss before they're allowed to bite anyone? It's a point. Bats don't hiss. 
I don't. Th- well, maybe they do. We just can't hear it. It might be they hiss in the ultrasonic. Maybe. They, maybe they squee. <laughs> maybe they squee <laughs> before they sparkle. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Agatha Gasparoni, another vote for Interview with the Vampire. Hmm. See, not a cliche. People like this. Yeah. I've loved that movie ever since I read the book at an inappropriately young age. Oh, somebody else who uh. grew up with Interview with the Vampire. Mm. I, I know both people, and they're actually both very nice people, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Val Coons, cueing footsteps with the best of them. Oh. Mm. The 1922 Nosferatu, hands down, it's still creepy. Ah, yes, Max Schreck. Yeah, there's some amazingly good visual stuff in there, and the director mm. really had to push that kind of thing because there was no actual dialogue. No. So, yeah. <laughs> and then they remade it. I think, wasn't it Ver- our old Vanner- buddy, comedic Vanner- master, Herzog, yep, who remade it with Klaus, Klaus Kinski? Kinski. Yeah. Ah, yeah. a man who could play Dracula without makeup. Yeah. And they put makeup on him, and he was freaking terrifying. That I saw that movie. It scared the hell out of me. Yeah. That's the only Dracula movie I've ever seen that actually frightened me. Derek Steele, FBI. Photographer. Photographer for the FBI. No. <laughs> says, Jerry Maguire? Huh? What? There's no and vampires no, in Jerry Maguire? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's uh, sort of a metaphor for the vampiric nature of sports agents. I, I don't know. He doesn't explain. Damn you, Steele! Maybe he thought the movie sucked. Maybe oh, maybe that was it. <laughs> oh, dear. Nick Hoffman says, I don't really have a favorite, as they've all been just okay for me. Mm-hmm. I liked elements of Coppola's Dracula, but there was much to be dissatisfied with as well. Much, yes. I found the credit the satisfactory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like the fa- I like the first two Underworld films, but they're not scary. Nosferatu yeah. no. is cool, but hampered by the early 20th century tech. Huh. Yeah, okay. Benjamin Carl says, Not a movie, but there was a Canadian show called Forever Night about a repentant vampire who becomes a homicide detective. I remember watching that show. The acting wasn't great, but the the plot lines were actually pretty interesting. And there's just something about every time he bites somebody and he goes, (laughs) Ah, sorry. (laughs) I suck blood, eh? Dr. Professor Rebecca Pelkey says, I loved Only Lovers Left Alive, which I feel like I've gushed about to you before. It's a slow, absolutely beautiful film, and in my humble opinion, Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston are a wonderful, melancholy vampire duo. It is an amazing movie. I don't like it because Tom Hiddleston made me ask myself very uncomfortable questions. <laughs> well, what, can you imagine the children they would produce? Oh, my God. They would look like the most beautiful aliens on her ever. But so very pale. They'd be very pale and very, very thin. They, tur- they, they would be in danger of falling through the cracks between floorboards when they walked. I don't know that movie. Maybe we should look into that one. Yeah. Keith Wright said, I also like Near Dark because they were vicious vampires, not twinkly and vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> I yep. Right there with you, Keith. Jeanette Goldstein. Benicula. <laughs> Jeanette Goldstein is in Near Dark. Oh. oh. I didn't know that. She, she was Vasquez in Aliens yeah. and uh, the stepmom in Terminator 2. I didn't know she was in Near Dark. I haven't seen that movie in forever. I haven't seen it. She's a badass. Yes, she is. I also really liked the miniseries The Strain. Yeah, that was pretty good. 
The books, co-written by Guillermo del Toro and Chuck Hogan, are a good read. One of my favorites, though, is 30 Days of Night. That movie got me to really respect Josh Hartnett as an actor. Well, there's a trick. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that must wow. have... mean. <laughs> as, as, was his great, as well as his great work in Penny Dreadful. Okay, to be fair, I haven't seen either of those. Maybe he does pull something off. There are vampires in that series, too. Loved that show. Huh. Neat. Adam Mark starts with a quotation. Quote, A guy only orders that drink when he wants to kiss a girl or kill a man. So which is it? Unquote. Ah, it's from Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. And ah, I so did bad, see it. So bad it's good. It merits a mm, mention. Mm. <laughs> I don't know you if I agree with the last statement. You truly have to be drinking to enjoy the flick, but it's definitely oh. a fun romp if you don't take it too seriously. A problem with the vampire genre. Always so overly serious. It's true. I'm imagining Lestat injecting, Stop whining, Louis! <laughs> In addition, this film birthed the parody, FDR, American Badass. <laughs> wherein FDR, played by Barry Bostwick, okay. fights Nazi and Axis-allied werewolves. I did not make this up. God bless America. <laughs> okay. Wow. I hadn't heard of that one. Me neither. I may have to check that one out. Hmm. Roland Hardy says The Hunger was a good one, but Discovery of Witches series is really good. A different twist, Vampires and Witches. Hmm. Vitches? I don't know that one. <laughs> Vitches? Vampires and Vitches. <laughs> well, no, Vampire Witches. Vitches. Why not? Julie O'Malley says, I have a soft spot in my heart for Innocent Blood with Anne Parillo. That, that movie is fun. If nothing else, to see Don Rickles as a vampire. I beg your pardon? Don Rickles is in it, and he turns into a vampire. I'm going to bite your net, you hockey puck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, suck your blood. Why, why not? Everything else about you sucks. <laughs> Charles Forsyth says, I have to go with Near Dark. Another one wrote mm. for Near Dark. The second film directed by celebrated director Catherine Bigelow. In some ways, it's like if The Lost Boys was dead serious and took place in Oklahoma. Oh, sure. wow. What a place to put vampires. That's just yeah. plain mean, grouchy yep. and mean. <laughs> I've seen Lost Boys more than any other vampire film. It's just all kinds of fun and highly quotable. The Hunger is also really great, but Near Dark has a visceral realism that I found really engaging. If I had to pick a vampire movie for my Desert Island collection, I would pick Near Dark. I'd file the Lost Boys under satire so we could keep that, too. George huh. Saunier says, I like Herzog's Nosferatu. There you go. I like many of the ideas brought out in an interview with a vampire, but not the overall execution. Hmm. Vampires are like zombies and gangsters for me. They don't inspire lasting fascination. And that's fair. Hmm. Yeah. From the lands of the frozen north, <laughs> master of all vampire penguins, Vince says, I am sort of an aficionado of vampire lore, and while I can't think of many films that follow the actual lore, I do love the original Nosferatu. Hmm. But I also love the updating of vampire lore in The Hunger, in both the book and the movie. The book fell short of what it could be, but the movie was fantastic, with Catherine Deneuve and David Bowie as lesbian vampire lovers. Well, close enough. Uh, okay, <laughs> um... I, I have this thing I need to make clear to you about David mm. Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't clear and, already. <laughs> and as he points out, penguins are often mistaken for vampires because of the little tuxedos they wear. But you were well aware of that. Yes, 
Yes, I was. I'm sure you were. It sounds to me and like the hunger is... Uh, oh, there's one more? Com- we got one more. Actually, Ned Cheese Boy, one oh. of the guys Sorry, responsible Ned. for this week's movie. I've always loved what we do in the shadows. Underneath mm-hmm. the humor, there's a shockingly poignant narrative about change and coming to grips with who we are and how we relate to the world, much like last week's episode at the world's end. Blade is also fun, even if it's silly. However, and this is this is a bit longer. This is sort of an Adam Mark essay, but this is That's pretty right. interesting. This, I'd like to make an unorthodox suggestion, which is that Fight Club is actually a vampire movie. Uh, Spoilers me? abound in the following arguments. Tyler Durden shows up almost exclusively at night, has an obsession with violence, barely disguised by a hypnotic, hypnotically suave, seductive exterior, and literally feeds on the protagonist's energy, matching him almost note for note to the typical depictions of a vampire. What's more, Tyler Durden doesn't have a reflection. That's true, he never shows up in the mirrors. Which, which is one of the most memorable vampiric give- giveaways. The movie talks a lot about immortality. His name was Robert Paulson. And one of the most memorable scenes in the movie, when Tyler scars the narrator's hand with a chemical burn, involves a kiss, which is again a calling card of vampires. Now, is Tyler Durden meant to literally be a vampire? No, of course not. But I think it's interesting to take a look at Fight Club as a modern vampire story and to ask how our lust for excess, both internal and external, can lead to parasitic relationships with ourselves. Wow. Deep. Huh. I don't... Hmm. I think it's using the terminology and some of the mythology of vampirism, but I wouldn't say I would make that final step as a vampire movie i would say it's a vampiric but as it's yeah but it that's and that's a tough film i've only seen it once for some reason we liked the film enough that we went and bought the dvd which we have never watched because well it's a tough film it's a hard movie to watch it's brilliant to watch but for me it's like clockwork orange it's just difficult to watch yeah, and I don't. It's yeah. so brutal and so dark. Maybe someday I'll get back to it, but uh, that's a that's really, a, really interesting take. That is fascinating. Seriously, thank yeah. you, Ned, and thank you all. These were really thoughtful and insightful answers. It seems like yeah, the hunger, near dark, and uh, interview with a vampire yeah. top the lists. Yeah, I, I've never seen the hunger. Maybe I should. Is Me it neither. is that based on a Stephen King? No, no, no. no. It just has. Um, I think Bowie is a lesbian. Is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he could play one if he yeah, wanted. I'm sure he could. But your reward for all this, for doing our dark bidding, is to do more of our dark bidding with our next poll question. Real simple. Who's your favorite cinematic bad guy? Bad guy. Bad guy. I'm you a bad guy, but I'm not a bad guy. Bad guy. <laughs> exactly. What is up with Zangief's ass? <laughs> what is up with it? <laughs> That was the best segue ever. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we will tell you how to answer this question at the end of the show. But now... The facts. Stuff about seven psychopaths. Budget, 15 million. Box office, a little under 30 million. Ah. Uh, That's why we never saw eight psychopaths or nine psychopaths. (laughs) even though we tempted our audience last week with those titles. Yep. The Martin McDonough, the writer and director of this movie, also wrote and directed the Oscar Darling's Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, The Banshees of Inishirin. Uh This was also 
with Colin, with uh, Colin Farrell. Okay. And in Bruges, also with Colin Farrell. Now wait. He likes him some Colin Farrell. And if you check out episode 70 of our show, you will not only hear a discussion of in Bruges, but you will hear a guest appearance by Ned himself. And we begin to see why Ned likes this movie so much, because apparently he digs, digs him some Martin McDonough. Huh. I think it's just McDonough, but there you go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a Celtic last name, so sometimes you pronounce the last two. It happens to be uh, my aunt's married name, so I would your say aunt is Ma- Your aunt is Martin McDonough? Her, 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 no, her name was Diane McDonough until she got divorced. So she changed it to Martin? Yes. My mom's name <laughs> oh, okay. was Martin. Okay. <sighs> you can't teach him anything. That's right. Don't That's why try. the pony is right over there waiting. <laughs> Get on with it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zachariah, one of the psychopaths, is played by Tom Waits. Mm. Legendary, both, well, mostly legendary as a musician, sort of legendary as an actor. Uh, he's also an animal lover, and he agreed to the role without ever reading the script when he heard that he would be surrounded by bunnies. Bunnies! He likes bunnies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Billy's dog hat, that's Sam Rockwell's character, was not originally part of the wardrobe. Colin Farrell brought it in during a road trip with, with Rockwell, and he put it on his head, and Sam wouldn't take it off. I'm sorry, I'm still just stuck on that Tom Waits thing. It's like, uh, Tom, we had this great part in this movie for if you'd be like, no, nah, I'm really not interested. I'm going to be making an album. Uh, there's bunnies. Oh. I'm in! <laughs> like, and the twisted organ grinder cries to the rabbits. <laughs> I'm holding my bunny like... Okay. <laughs> Uh, the scene where Hans refuses to put his hands up was pretty much entirely improvised by Christopher Walken. <laughs> In the graveyard scene, the grave that the Jack of Diamonds killer is hiding behind is named Rourke. Mickey Rourke was originally cast in the movie in that same part, but dropped out. Actually, no, he was uh, supposed to be Charlie, uh, Charlie Costello, the gangster, but he dropped out after some disagreements with Martin McDonough. He was replaced by Woody Harrelson. I see. I swore it was the grave of Mr. Work from Fantasy yeah. Island. <laughs> no, Mr. Work cannot die. He is eternal. Yeah, sure. Uh, when Marty wakes up on Billy's couch, he has writing on his hand. It says, dead relationship debris. Okay. The character of Charles Costello is a ruthless gangster whose only real affection is for his small dog and will kill people to recover it. This role was originally intended for Mickey Rourke, who in real life is known to have a great affection for his small dogs. Wait, wait. Mickey Rourke was originally supposed to be the dog? Yes. Wow. He was supposed to be Bonnie. What a hey, stretch. he's got range. I guess so. At the premiere of this movie, instead of the traditional red carpet, they used a black carpet to match the mood of the film. I think the red would have been better. <laughs> yes. You know why. Yes. It wouldn't show the blood as much. <laughs> there you go. During the cancer ward visit, the announcement in the background calling for Dr. Blair, Dr. Jane Hamilton, Dr. Jane Hamilton, is a reference to the album Operation Mind Crime by Queensryche. Uh, the voice is taken directly from the track Eyes of a Stranger. Uh, that album's subject matter is about a hitman. I'd like to go with Ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. Hans tells Marty that he is disappointed that women don't get a bigger role in his movie, hence the prostitute character who is very literate, intelligent, and educated, who speaks perfect Vietnamese. Yeah, we'll get yeah, we'll, to that. We'll get to that. Uh, the desert sequences are shot in Joshua Tree National Park. Mm, pretty. There isn't a lot more about this. 
Hmm. Not a lot of other trivia about this. Weird. Yeah. Hmm. So let's get to the plot. By all means. (laughs) Marty, Colin Farrell, is an alcoholic wannabe screenwriter in Hollywood struggling with a script he's calling Seven Psychopaths. What a coinky dick! Yeah. He has a girlfriend named Kaya who pretty much vanishes from the movie after 10 minutes. And his best friend is Billy, no relation to Travis, Bickle. Billy, played by Sam Rockwell, and his friend Hans, played by Christopher Walken, have a, who, this movie needs more cowbell, uh, have a unique business plan whereby they kidnap dogs, find them for the owners, and collect the reward. Unfortunately, they make the very serious mistake of dog-napping Bonnie, a shih tzu belonging to a brutal one might say psychopathic gangster named Charlie Costello, Woody Harrelson. Charlie will stop at nothing to get his dog back, and Marty ends up being dragged into a violent, bloody, heavily metatextual situation involving dogs, weird stories about Vietnamese men dressed as priests, peyote, and the best place for a final shootout. All this ends up in Marty's screenplay. But is he writing the movie, or is the movie writing him? Whoa. The film. I would like to disavow your whoa. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway. So, had you seen this? I'd never even heard of it. I I think I heard the title because someone used it as a joke with this. It was a movie that came out called Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. No, no, and there's like seven psychopaths, eight heads in a duffel bag, and then they were trying to do other number movies. That's the only reason I ever heard of it. Oh, no. Which is kind of surprising, because this guy, Martin McDonough, is a big deal. Apparently, and I mean, there's a a few pretty big names in here. Yeah. And some other people. (laughs) Yes. And a a couple of surprises that I'm like, I know who that, who is that? Oh, it's that person. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Tom Waits, because there's bunnies. (laughs) I mean, and Harry Dean Stanton, who I don't think has any lines. Well, and that's is, the one that I'm like, who is that? I know who yeah. that is. Harry Dean Stanton, the only guy who could make someone dressed as a Quaker look menacing. Yeah, the only question I have in his character portrayal is, um, can Quakers smoke? I am I not don't sure. Think so? They don't. They're not supposed to drink. I but bet they can't smoke. There is a sect of Quakers called, believe it or not, the Fighting Quakers, who can drink. It's not alcoholism forbidden, so maybe he was one of them because maybe tobacco isn't I'm forbidden sorry, either. The what Quakers? The fighting Quakers. It's kind of it's not they don't they still are nonviolent. That was just kind of a joke. They aren't quite as oh uh intense about it as the uh, non fighting Quakers. I would not harm thee for the world but thou art <laughs> standing where I plan to shoot. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah Harry Harry Dean Stanton is fine in this role. <laughs> he has not a single word to say. No nope. he does give that quiet menace, that, that man in black sort of thing, that Johnny yeah. Cash you don't want to see him on your last day kind of thing. So yeah, mm-hmm. we'll start there. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so well, might as well go for the cast. Yeah. We got Colin Farrell. Who, now, I remember you complaining that Colin Farrell <laughs> just always looks confused. Um, to be this, fair, that fits the character pretty well in this. 
<laughs> well, that's why they hired him. It's like, we need somebody who's really good at looking confused. How about Colin Farrell? Every film I see him in, he just stands around at various points in his role, looking like he has no idea where he is or why he's there. Now, you're correct. That does fit the character. I will say this for him, too. He finally actually gets to be Irish, which is probably a nice little bonus oh, for him. Oh, he does that every so often. Mostly he was, he's I think not. he was... He was Irish in, in Bruges, and he was Irish in The Hair Devil. The, the Hair Devil? <laughs> the Hair Devil. Yes, that was a lesser-known Warner Brothers cartoon. Was he Bullseye in that? Yes, he was. Yeah, because Bullseye was known to be... A, no, he was Oh, yeah, he was. Well, after the movie, he was. Before um, the movie, I don't think he was. Uh, Colin Farrell is fine. Um, I will say this about Colin Farrell. He is very consistent. He also has real presence. Although that may just be his eyebrows, I'm not sure. I can't stop looking at them. It's like, man, they're so straight and they're so <laughs> big. <laughs> um, yeah, he he doesn't have to wear sunglasses. They keep his eyes shaded. I, you know, I'll say this: he's a good-looking guy. So mm -hmm. you know, I, he's fine. I, yeah. I have no issues with him. Sam Rockwell always impresses me. I gotta say. He has real range. There are all these movies where I go, oh, God, that was Sam Rockwell. Please name some of them, because I'm like, I know I've uh, heard Hitchhiker's name. Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, he please. was Zaphod. Okay. Uh, Charlie's Angels, the first one. He was the bad guy. Uh, okay. He's done, I mean, the guy's done a ton of stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not looking at his page. He was in Moon. He's also in three bit billboards outside of uh, Ebbing, Missouri. Which you didn't see. But which I did not see. <laughs> so it's hard for you to recognize him from that film because you have never actually seen it. Yep. Yep. No, he, he's, he's done a ton. He was in Napoleon Dynamite. Oh. Although I think he may only have been in a, as a voice. I'm not sure. Um, I, I, he's, his performance is very difficult for me to judge because the character is both so incredibly strange and also, quite honestly... I don't understand why anybody would be friends or hang around or, quite honestly, go to bed with Billy Bickle. He's just bizarre and weird. And then later we find out it's even worse than we thought it was. Mm. So I I guess that means he did a really good job because what a weird he a character. He does. He plays crazy very well because the whole idea is I don't think you're supposed to understand him because he's not rational. That, yes. The thing is, is, there are seven psychopaths in this movie, and he's two of them. Yeah. He's Literally. Not, he's not entirely unlike his own kind of silent Deadpool. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. And then, of course, we've got Christopher Walken, the man who is so much fun to do impress impressions of. Well, and I have to say, he's got to that age, and this film is 10 years old, but he's mm -hmm. got to that age in this film where he actually sounds like he's doing an impersonation of himself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> And I that's not a bad so. thing. It's just one of those things where he's become, with that cadence and the way <laughs> he speaks, has become so pronounced that I don't know if uh -huh. he can actually claw his way out of it. The character himself, though, is both reprehensible, because he's making his living stealing other people's dogs, mm -hmm. but he's doing it because he needs to give money to his wife who's having, who has cancer and she needs payments for whatever horrible thing she's going through. And so, he, he and his wife are just adorable together. Him and Myra. Yeah. 
who's and got he, a tiny part, but when she has a little yeah. bit at the end, or well, yeah. I shouldn't say the end of the film near her yeah. end. Spoiler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think she's she does a nice little job, but it's a little job, and we'll get back to the female yeah. character yeah. thing. Um, he's. I mean, I, when have you seen a bad performance by Christopher Walken? I don't know of one. Max Shrek. That's probably the only thing. I, yeah. Even that's not bad. It's and just a even dumb that, character. He's okay. It's just he had the dialogue he has to spout in Batman Returns. And that that painful. hair thing he's wearing. That hair. God. <laughs> yeah. And so, the thing people don't realize, or a lot of people don't, Christopher Walken is funny. He can be really funny. If you have never seen it, check. You can find it on YouTube. Saturday Night Live. He does a character called the Continental. And he is hilarious, and he because he jumps in with both feet, and he is not afraid to look silly. Huh. What I think is interesting you left out of the uh, trivia is that three of the big names in this film are also dancers. Oh, Christopher yeah. Walken, well, Sam Rockwell, and Colin Farrell are all trained dancers. <laughs> yeah. When do they ever dance in this movie? <laughs> they don't. But it's like yeah. it's just kind of interesting. I, the only yeah. time I knew that Christopher Walken was a dancer was in that Fat Boy Slim video, and I'm yep, like, Yep. He's a song and dance just, man. Paste his face onto somebody? No, that's really him. Okay. It's still creepy. (laughs) You can see him strut his stuff in uh, Hairspray, the musical version. Oh, okay. Is it the one with um, uh, uh, John? John Travolta in drag, yes. Right. Which is, uh, he did that to stretch his, he didn't have any experience. (laughs) No, he's not in the clock. (laughs) Anyway, who else do we got? (laughs) Those are the, that's the major cast. Come on. What? You left out Woody Harrelson. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought we covered him already. <laughs> no? Yeah, no. Woody Harrelson, who, if you've ever seen the movie, the Oliver Stone movie, Natural Born Killers, you, I already knew, is really good at playing crazy. Yeah, he, to me, I don't, it's not that he doesn't do well. I think he's fine. I just didn't see anything new here. It's like, well, he's kind of playing to type. Yeah, no, he's, he's a very generic, except for the absolute love for the dog, which I think was sweet. Yeah. And disturbing. Yes. Because, oh, he loves the dog. He just murders and terrifies humans. Yeah. He's a very cookie-cutter bad guy. And he Again, he's got his little niche, which, to be fair, is a, oh, I don't know, a universe away <laughs> from his character on Cheers. Yeah. So, good for him. But... It's there's nothing new here. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, um, he does a good uh, job in part. Something we might want to warn our listeners about. So we asked a poll question for people's favorite comedies, and this was brought up by two of our listeners, as we said. Mm-hmm. I checked. It is listed as a comedy, but mm-hmm. that's not where I'd put it first. Um, this is a very violent movie. Extremely violent. It starts off that way, like the opening of the film is very suddenly very suddenly violent. Like, there's two characters talking about a hit they're going to make, but nothing's actually happening until suddenly, blam, blam! And it's, yeah. it does set the tone, but if you were expecting just, ha-ha, this is not your film. Yeah, if you're thinking a dark comedy, the emphasis here is very much on the dark. Yeah, yeah. So, just, just if you're going to watch the film, uh, one way or the other, based on our mm-hmm. show, and why wouldn't you... Mm-hmm. Just be be prepared. Be ready. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, speaking of the cast, I do realize we actually didn't bring up Tom Waits. Oh yeah, Tom Waits. I, I think he does a really good job as Zachariah, the the, the uh, serial killer, serial killer. Sure. Which there is a plot we've heard before. Isn't that the same plot for Dexter? 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he I was, and his he and his girlfriend go around hunting down. This was a part that really kind of threw me. The they list like three of the serial killers they hunt down. Yeah, two of them are fictional. Right. The third one is Zodiac. Yeah. That's kind of a big deal. Zod- no one ever caught Zodiac. No well, one's even sure who he was. My guess is that that's why they did it is because we can yeah. get away with it because now <laughs> you it's like now you know why he was never caught because in our movie okay he we burned him up and stole his bunnies. There's it's funny because there's a weird little arc character arc with mm-hmm. Zachariah there because he basically teams up with this woman and they go on a killing spree but at some point he basically decides that things have gotten a little out of hand and he doesn't think he can do it anymore and so if I, in fact I think it's the Zodiac killer that they're yeah. taking care of yep. he basically doesn't help with that killing and she goes on without him and he's regretted it ever since and it's kind of touching and also yeah. horrific at the same yeah. time oh yeah i really wish i could find her and we could pick up where we left off That's right. it's like uh you know sure marty is interviewing him because billy decided to place an ad for psychopaths to uh, help billy out and uh, help marty out and he interviews him and makes Marty promise that if he uses him in the movie, he'll put a little message at the end of the movie to Maggie saying, you know, I miss you, come back. Yeah. Did, were, did you, like, expect to watch the credits to see if they put actually put it in? I did. So you actually saw the scene, too. There's, It's not yes. a post-credit scene, it's sort of No, a, it's just, it's almost, it's like almost into the credits where at the end of oh, it, Marty's it. movie has apparently, again, spoiler, his movie's been made. And Zachariah calls him up and says, you didn't put my message in. Yeah. So I'm going to kill you. And though we don't really know if he is, because then he, he talks to Marty for a minute, and he says, you sound like you've been through the grinder, which he has. Yeah. So I do like, you know, I'm going to come kill you Tuesday. He says, that's fine. I'm not doing anything Tuesday. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know what? Tuesday's no good for me. I'll get back to you. Yeah, just to point that out, he's been through a grinder, not Grinder the um, app. <laughs> no, no, he, he, not. he might feel that way, but you know, you never know. Yeah, um, Tom Waits. The only other film that I can recall seeing him in is Bram Stoker's Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, <laughs> oh. or how, and he played Renfield, oh, yes. and it's fine. He also played the inventor guy in Mystery Men. Okay, I did see yep. Mystery Man. I don't remember it very well. I know it's got uh, William H Macy among many uh, G- Janine many Garofalo. many people, many yeah. people. So I'd say we have a pretty solid cast. I don't think anybody here is at the peak of their game. Meaning, I don't think this is a part any of them you would point to and go, "Oh, if you want to see X, you want to see this." This is not going to be their immemorium clip. No, but I think they're all bringing in really solid performances. Yeah, but they do decent jobs. This is they're just these aren't bravura performances. No. Uh speaking of performances and stuff, let's get to that point that we've now said twice we're going to get to. Yeah. The film in the film itself makes a statement about thinly explored stereotypical female characters, and then that's all that's in the movie. Yeah. There's only two or or three, four female characters. Most of them don't have names. No. Or they have one name. One of them's called Blonde Lady. Yeah. Yeah. Another (laughs) one is called Hooker. Yeah. Yeah. There's, There's Blonde Woman. There's Hooker. There's Kaya. There's Angela. Most of them get only two or three lines. They have no, as Hans, who's 
has read the screenplay of apparently of the movie we're watching, which is a little confusing. We'll get to that too. Yeah. And he says, you know, the women in this movie only exist basically to bounce off the men or be killed. Yeah. And And um, he's right. That (laughs) That is in fact the only thing the women do in this movie. So... They yeah. have no agency. They don't do anything themselves. It's nope. And I guess they're trying to. Oh, look, see, we're acknowledging it, so it's okay. In 2013, I'm not okay with it. Um, I, I don't. I don't think you can't make an all male cast film. I don't think that's sure. a problem. But if you're literally going to point out the problem that Hollywood has in most of its film with most of its female characters and then do the same thing, I have a problem with that. Mm. So Yeah, mm. yeah, that that was not some that was not impressive. Yeah. What how did you deal with let's let's talk about the actual story. Yeah. How did you like the meta text of all this? The fact that we're watching a movie called Seven Psychopaths. The one of the characters is a screenwriter writing a movie called Seven Psychopaths, and in effect, at one point, Billy is trying to direct the final scene of a the movie and b their lives. Well, my note was, and this is very early on, fourth note. So wait, they're still writing the movie we're watching while we watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. Hmm. I think it's meant to be really clever. My the decision I'm having trouble making is if it's clever or if it's too clever. Meaning did it take me out of the film? And I think the problem is that it takes me out of the film. Mm. I think the idea that it's giving me the the I, the thought that this film wasn't actually completed before they were making it, and I, but I completed, I mean written, um, mm-hmm. decided upon. I understand improvisation. Heck, I would never have guessed Christopher Walken was just improvising what he was doing. And hey, <laughs> let's give hats off to oh dear gods, uh, Zelijko Ivanek oh. for going with it and doing uh. the other half of that scene. Because <laughs> if I was working with Christopher Walken and he came out and just started making stuff up, I don't know that I'd be able to respond with anything more than hamana, 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 <laughs> naba in the scribbit. Well, why he did not yeah, say no, the words. Put, put your hands up. No. What? No. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> why or, not? No. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, yes. I, I, it's like something they turn into children. It's actually... Oddly endearing. Well, I actually do like the fact that the hitman Paolo then is like he can't bring himself to just shoot him because he won't put his hands up. Like there's some yeah. sort of like I don't know code. And well, also the police have just pulled up. Well, that yeah, but he only him. has the ga- but, gun out, so yeah. he could have. Anyway, mm. the meta thing. I don't know. Mm. I, it feels it's like tough. Well, it feels like cleverness for cleverness' sake. As opposed to something that was actually well executed. What did you think? I don't know. It comes very close to the line where it's between intriguing and obnoxious. Yeah. Because sometimes that kind of meta text is just the the screenwriter or the director going, "Look how look how self aware I am. Look how clever I am." I think this gets very close to that line. I don't think it goes over it. I mean, this becomes in effect a movie about making an action movie. Yeah, it's just, I don't, 
I don't feel the payoff, I think, is the problem. What we have mm -hmm. is people sitting there talking about being confused about writing a screenplay. We then have a very confusing metatextual thing happen, and then we focus on Colin Farrell looking confused. <laughs> and to me, it's kind of a little trifecta of, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's enough of an issue that it's causing me to pause, and that's uh. not a good sign. I don't know. Just some of it is so damn funny. This is the the parts that I really actually laughed at is when Billy is describing what his idea of the final scene, yeah. the shootout in the graveyard, and he is just heaping every action movie cliche one on top of the other. And so then he pulls a crossbow out from his sleeve. Wait, from his sleeve? <laughs> well, and he shoots the guy, and the guy's head blows up. And then you know, in the next scene. Hans and Marty are saying, if you shoot someone in the head, their head doesn't blow up, does it? No. <laughs> well, it does if their head's made of explosives. <laughs> and the damn burst and the price of food skyrocketed. <laughs> <laughs> it is not entirely unlike Daffy Duck in this Garland Pepper now. <laughs> the, set, the thing is, it's also absolutely accurate. Every cliche yeah. he's using is absolutely part of especially 2000s Hollywood. And I will Every also, action movie. I will give them credit for actually shooting the scenes he's talking about. <laughs> so, yep, yep. I, and, I, and they do it well. They don't just like half-ass the scene or do it like with camera angles where you can't really see anything. They film the whole thing. They've got stunts. They've got special effects. I, I, it looks impressive. My favorite is Woody Harrelson getting shot through the neck with the crossbow bolt because he looks <laughs> yes. so stunned. Like, huh? yep. <laughs> and you can, it, you can somehow just tell that the mechanism is literally just off screen. Like, you know, yeah. that's yeah. what happened because it's dead. It's it's shot straight on, and the arrow or the bolt <laughs> comes straight across. It, uh, it that was kind of funny. So I give them credit for that. They are they mm -hmm. take this this. 12-year-old boy's fantasy of an action film, and they actually film it, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah for me, I, I think for you, the meta text went over the line. For me, it gets very close. I don't think it goes over. I'm going to have to see this again to be sure. That's a possibility. Yeah. It's a possibility. And now you die. <laughs> we were just talking about vampire movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sparkle, ah, there's sparkle. glitter on me. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Yes, thank you, Nosferatu Sparkle Pony. <laughs> Give him a puck. That'll make him feel better. Yeah. Uh, I will say that it is, things are a little disjointed. We're, mm. our, the, the face of the audience is more or less Colin Farrell, which again is why they pick somebody who's good at looking confused. <laughs> and there's parts where I'm just sort of like, wait, what just happened? But I will yeah. say that all through it, the film is still compelling. I'm still interested. Yeah. I'm get, trying to guess what the hell is going to happen. And it's paced fairly well. I It's it's it close to two hours. Well. Yeah. And Which, it is a comedy. Mm -hmm. Technically. Yeah, that's, that's what it says. And it's an action movie, so it should move along. And it does. I, there were some parts that kind of felt tacked on. And I want to say that the Vietnamese mm. priest was one of them. That was a that is a very odd sequence. That seems like it's out of another movie almost. Well, it seems like something that does fit the criteria, but doesn't really add anything to the overall 
story, I don't think. Yeah. And he's trying yeah. to figure out who are his ten, his seven. Here's the sad thing, and this is actually probably factually accurate. <laughs> uh, Marty's character there is apparently a successful screenwriter, and he needs a new screenplay, and his, his, his agent is bugging him for it, and he literally only has a title. The entire mm. film isn't based on a story, it's based on a title. And I'm betting a yeah. lot of films get made that way. I and wouldn't it, be surprised. And there's a couple of, he's decided, I have to come up with Seven Psychopaths because that's the name of the film I've decided upon. Okay, sure, that's a reason. But the two stories that he's more or less already thought to include turn out not to even be his story. He just yeah. worked, was told them while he was drunk and forgot who told him, and then later finds out that the actual originator of one of those stories <laughs> wasn't who he thought and is somebody he now knows. Which Yeah, that's actually a nice twist. That yeah. really that really got me with that. Yeah. So I yeah, there's there's a lot of weird stuff going. This is a very challenging movie to watch in that the main characters, almost none of them are likable. No, just, not entirely. I mean, Mar- yeah, that's the thing. They're all very flawed, which makes them very human. Hans, I think, is the most likable. Yes, and especially when you find out the full details of his story, mm-hmm. it's you can almost excuse the dog napping, but still, the dog napping is pretty cruel. It's pretty awful. That's yeah. very cruel. Although, quite honestly, it's the least <laughs> awful thing in this film. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. they, they do eventually, they do give the dogs back. It's just a way to get money. But uh, Yeah. Because I mean, because Marty is horrible to his girlfriend. He's immensely self-centered. He's a jerk. But he does still, you can tell, on some level he cares about Billy. And Billy, his motivation is hard to figure out, but he obviously loves Marty. He's very attached to him. Yeah, but you also get the impression that if Marty ever does that one thing, whatever it is, that really pisses off Billy, that that line will be crossed and there will be a Jack of Diamonds played on his chest. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's fine for everybody to be flawed. I, I think part of the issue I might have had with this film is because I, I, I might have been better off if I'd seen a preview. Mm. I had some idea of what to expect because I really had no idea. And I honestly was thinking, ha ha funny. And this isn't that kind of funny. Whether that's a good thing or not, bad thing, we'll get to the end. But this, to me, is not The Hangover. This is not the Lego movie. This mm-hmm. is a different kind of humor. Yeah. And yeah. it was it was challenging. I will definitely agree with that. This is the part where I hope you have more notes. <laughs> <laughs> I do like some of the visuals in it where like at one point Marty is reading Billy's diary and there's an entry in there, note to self, don't set fire to the neighbor's American flag. Yeah. And the, one of the last shots is we see the neighbor's burnt American flag. So yeah. apparently Billy does not keep his promises to himself either. Yeah, which just also goes into that whole, if you said do that, because he actually, Marty punches Billy at one point. Yeah. And I kind of wondered, oh, is that the thing? Is that going to be the thing? But it's like, my only best friend punched me, but no, he's actually fine with it. And he actually says, and I think he's being nice, he says, it was actually a really strong punch. And it, my feeling was that he was just being nice, that it was actually pretty yeah. weak, because of course, <laughs> Colin Farrell's like shaking his hand going, ow, yeah. ow! This guy, yeah, <laughs> Colin Farrell, I believe, could punch someone. I don't think Marty could. Yeah, Colin Farrell. He's a, yeah, he always gives you the impression that he could hurt somebody. Yeah. Um, and he does, t- I will give, yeah, you know, now that you mentioned that, I will give him an extra, extra point. He does seem toned down in the threatening department. He does seem 
less capable when it comes to violence in this film. He's way less menacing in this movie than he has been in a lot of others, because he has a real, he can project that air of menace really easily. Yeah, like incredible creatures and how to eat them. <laughs> yes, I think he's right. he's head of uh, the uh, Dementors no, or no, something like he, that. He's he's what's it, uh, Volavant or whatever the old version of Volavant was. Yeah, uh, um, Falderall. Uh, <laughs> Falderall. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Let's get Whatever into Harry Potter was. now, shall we? Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, shout I, out to, I do have to say, sorry, you have I was a shout say out? shout out to Michael Pitt, whom yes. I last saw in a film called Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Probably oh, the okay. most interesting musical I have ever seen. Oh, wow. I've and heard of this. Never seen it. I recommend it. It is, ah. it is a gay-based film, just so you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And it was written by the person who stars in it as Hedwig. Um, a f- couple friends of ours had to see it in Toronto, and I didn't know what to expect, but the music's really good. He plays a character called um, Tommy Gnosis, and he's really pretty in it. He plays a character in this <laughs> called Larry, who is utterly forgettable. Well, yeah, well, doesn't he, doesn't he die in the first five minutes? I think he's one of the two hitmen yeah. in the opening of the film. Yeah. And uh, he has barely anything to do. But yeah, uh, real quick, just shout out to Michael Pitt yeah. because I liked him in Hedwig and the Andy. If you were looking for an offbeat film, something different, mm. that's also a musical and you can stand some gay content, I recommend Hedwig and the Angry Inch. It was also a stage play for a long time. It's it's definitely worth seeing. That's right. Neil Patrick Harris was in it, I think. The stage, uh, the, well, that was the, yeah, the redone stage version. It was a, it was a oh, stage okay. play, I think, in Canada, then oh. got made into a movie, and then became a stage play again. So, okay. Yeah. I just want to circle back again to uh, the Vietnamese priest, who I don't think we ever get his name. I think it's Vietnamese the, priest. Ah. <laughs> it's, there's something, again... Visually, a lot of his stuff is very interesting, but there's something very jarring about the character in that they keep citing two really disturbing historical events in the right. Vietnam War. One is the My Lai Massacre, mm-hmm. and then there's the bone of the Buddhist priests bur- setting themselves on fire to protest the war, and they tie him into both of those things. That's a lot of content to heap on a minor character, on what is basically a fantasy character, because he's the one guy in the movie who doesn't really exist in the world of the movie. In the world of the movie, yeah. Yeah. That's another reason why I felt that that section didn't really jibe. Like yeah, I, it doesn't like fit it the rest. F- it fits the, the screenplay he was initially trying to write, but it doesn't fit yeah. the movie. Yeah. Uh, either that or we need to see an entire movie about that character. But it's it's it is also when you take those two things and you're you're kind of playing them for laughs, mm. that gets a little uncomfortable. Cause like, really guys? That? Okay. It wasn't so I didn't think they were playing it for laughs, but it does it's very awkward in something that's supposed to be even a black comedy. Yeah. So and I unfortunately don't know that actor. He seemed, he's got a very definite presence, but I don't know him mm. from anything He's got else. a great look. I think he's been in a bunch of stuff, but he tends to be in a lot of non-speaking parts. I'm just glad they actually got somebody who was Vietnamese, because, man, that yeah. could easily have been, oh, well, you know, they're mm. from Asia. Well, whatever. It doesn't matter, because that's how yeah. Hollywood usually yeah. rolls. But uh, usually uh, how we roll is we get to that part where we decide. Yep. Shall we get to that part? Let's get there. The finish. So, Max... Yeah. You hadn't seen it either. I had not. I knew nothing about it. Okay, so what did you think? Is a uh, film called Seven Psychopaths successful, or is a film called Seven Psychopaths 
not successful. I think it worked. I, I think it's very strange. It's definitely not a uh, standard kind of movie. But uh, I thought it was really interesting. I'm not sorry I saw it, and I would probably see it again just to see what, what other stuff I pick up from it and if the metatextual elements actually work or don't work. So I, I think the performances are, go- are solid performances. I think the pacing's good. I like a lot of the visuals. I like the way it looks. It comes right up to the line again of be- between with the metatext of being interesting versus being annoying. Mm. And I... Th- at the moment, I still think it's on the interesting side, but it's awful close. And what about you? Well, I, one more question before I uh, get to me. Yeah. Uh, would you categorize this as a comedy? Ugh, that's tough. I wouldn't say no. I think it's more of a thriller or a... Uh, I don't know. That's. I'd have to think about that. I'm still not sure. Yeah. Um, cause that's a toughie. You? Like if I, no, uh, I don't know if there's a good term for it, which might be a good thing. Cause it's, uh, it's sort of its own thing. I would say I would put action first and then maybe comedy, but it's like, if you're coming for a laugh out loud film, I wouldn't go to this first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe you'd go to watch this and then watch, um, apocalypse now and you'll <laughs> find it a little funnier. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I was hoping that by the by talking to you during the show, I would decide if I liked it or not, and I don't know. Huh. On the one hand, I am very much for somebody giving us something different, something new, something experimental, which this is on some levels, and, and other levels, it's just perpetuating the same junk we get from Hollywood, i.e. poorly written two-dimensional female characters that are there to flash their yummies to late-night talk show hosts. <laughs> but... I th- I think I appreciate it for trying. Mm. I don't think for me it fully succeeds only because the metatextual stuff was just sort of starting to get in the way. I I'm not sure how I would have changed it to make it that I don't it just something didn't quite click for me. It's like uh. the gear was missing one tooth. Interesting. Again, we talked about the performances. They're solid, but not outstanding. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very white movie. Um, yeah. We made that complaint before. So, but I think like you, I would probably be willing to watch it again to finally decide. Because that's yeah. happened before. See our first episode on Eyes Wide Shut, <laughs> a film I have seen at least six times, and I still haven't figured out if I like it or not. <laughs> And that's a that's from a biggie. Yeah, that's a Kubrick. Yeah. That's a Kubrick's yeah. last film. So I don't know. I would say that if you like the idea of some pretty brutal violence mixed with dark comedy, and do underline and capitalize the word dark, this might be the film for you. Mm, Just go watch that. the preview. <laughs> yeah, get an idea of what you're in for. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that that would have helped. I think. But um, you know what else would help? Uh, one other thing. I'm sorry. Just one other thing. I realized that we but left I out made of the a cast. Segue. <laughs> I know it was a very nice segue. We'll use it again. No, we won't. But in terms of like who shows up in the movie, Gaburi Sidibe, who plays Sharice, the dog walker, who's in one scene, that is another Oscar-nominated. She might even have won for um, Precious. Okay, and I think she did. She, yeah, she's and again and another thing of. You, you can argue that here is a major 
Hollywood actress that they don't use at all, which no. both underlines that whole message and also perpetuates it. Yeah. But I did speaking want to of, give a quick shout out to her, but speaking of... Speaking of perpetuating things, let's perpetuate yes. answers to our poll question and don't mess up my segues. <laughs> Perpetual. Segway only has yes, one we, wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this week our poll question is, who is your favorite cinematic bad guy? Bad favorite guy. villain? Yes, and you can tell us this psychically. No, and uh, also via the electronic mailing systems. Oh, you can write email. <laughs> Just say email. Kids today don't know what that is. <laughs> electronic mailing systems. Kids you can electronically up? mail us at our electronic mail address, us at maxmikemovies.com. You can also go to our webticular site, maxmikemovies.com, <sighs> and leave a comment. You can find us on the booking face. Under Max Mike Movies, we always post the poll question there. You can leave a comment there and your answer. Facebook. And, of course, you can always find us on various podcastinating apps Podcast all apps. over the world. Fired, 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 <laughs> fired, fired. <laughs> but we're about halfway through now, I think, of our uh, What's So Funny series. Two-thirds. And uh, that means we're going to have more funny next week. What's more funny next week, Mike? Oh, you can't call me that anymore. Why not? Because Dolomite is my name. Oh, no. Dolomite <laughs> is your name. Yes. We're going to watch the comedy. And my name is Black Belt Jones. <laughs> there actually was one called Velvet Jones. Uh, there was, there was also a, there was a Black Belt I Jones. I think there was a Cleopatra Jones, too, wasn't there? There was. Yeah. Yep. But we're going to be watching My Name is, or sorry, Dolomite is My Name, a uh, film starring uh, Eddie Murphy, who uh, is a young up-and-comer, uh, <laughs> hasn't been in too many films, or at least. Uh, he's a flash in the pan. He hadn't been in too many films before this recently. Uh, well, he was in a few. Donkey! Yeah. He just was, didn't see him much. That was still quite a while ago. If we looked up Shrek, I bet Whatever Shrek the, was quite a while back. Yeah, when was the when was the fourth one? Oh, there wasn't one. <laughs> yeah, yes, it was there canceled. Was. <laughs> Even after it came out, it was canceled. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I saw it, to be honest. But yeah, uh. Uh, here's another film I know nothing about, except that Eddie Murphy's in it. Dolomite mm -hmm. is my name, and Dolomite is my game. Or something. <laughs> but whatever our game is, why don't you just tune in next week and see if we liked Dolomite is my name. This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. Yeah, there you go. It's my buddy button. <laughs> My buddy. Ooh, that my sounds buddy. really good. That sounds incredibly dirty, you <laughs> filthy swine. My buddy button. Yeah. My buddy button, if you know what I mean. This week's episode brought to you by Buddy <laughs> Button. No, you don't. <laughs> Get a free buddy button in every box of Bumpy Buck cereal. Bumpy Puck cereal. Because <laughs> if there's one thing you want to find in your Bumpy Puck cereal box, it's a buddy button. <laughs> oh. God, this is wrong on so many levels. Okay, yep, okay. If it helps sell Three, cereal, who cares? Two, one. one.